is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you wanna get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary VGW group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to episode four of the Red Sox On Deck Prospect Podcast. I am your host, Jake Devereaux of Over the Monster, the Dynasty Guru, and Fantrax HQ. And today I am joined by Shelly Verstraight of the Dynasty Guru, Over the Monster, and Pitcher List, and Bob Osgood of the Dynasty Guru and Over the Monster. Um, welcome to the show. Let's start with you, Shelly. Give us an update on things in Shelly World. How are you? Um, Shelly World is going okay. Um, the weather's nice. Um, you know, I got to you know take the you know the two boys on a walk the other day, so that that's that was that was really great. Both Soto and Orsillo love the walk. 
Um, and real baseball games actually start next week. So everything is all good here. Nice. Yeah, I saw uh, a video of, of uh, Soto from the Frenchie meetup that you went to, and he was cruising. He's got some speed. Yeah, man. Soto's got 80-grade speed, so watch out. Like, if you if you guys play in, uh, in fantasy baseball leagues, Soto, you might, he might steal some bases this year. Okay. All right. We'll be watching <laughs> for that. From, from Shelly World, we move over to Bobville. Bob, what's going on over there? 80-grade speed. That, that's unheard of. So that's, I'm excited to see that. Um, I'm doing well. I mean, speaking of fantasy baseball, this is a big week for that. So um, I'm just looking forward to, you know, the drafting is fun, but feels like you're taking a test by the end of it. So those will be done in a few days. And like like you guys said, we got games coming up one week away. And yeah, I can't wait. We're, we're pretty much there. Yeah, we are. We're right on the cusp. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for minor league, but you know, we should start getting some more news and we'll have some real things to talk about and, and some reasons for minor leaguers to um, you know, maybe be moving up or down once big league, you know, the ball starts and we start to get injuries and things like that. So, it's going to start to be a little bit more interesting even before we get actual minor league games. Uh, a little bit of news and notes before we move into the podcast today. Um, you know, if you're enjoying this show, if you have listened to the first three episodes uh, where we previewed the other three levels, we previewed uh, AAA Worcester in episode one, we previewed AA Portland in episode two, and uh, High A Greenville in episode three. If you enjoyed those, please go on, rate and review us, leave us a five star review. And also, I'll remind you, we have lots of other great podcasts on this network right now. We have two uh, just regular Red Sox-type review podcasts in the Red Seat Podcast with myself and Keaton DeRocher. We also have uh, uh, the Over the Monster Podcast with Matt Collins and Brian Joyner. And we have the Precap Podcast uh, with Shelly Verstraight and uh, Keaton DeRocher, um, that's previewing and recapping Red Sox series. So that'll really start going uh, once games start on April 1st. So we do appreciate that. Uh, let's get right into it. Tonight we're going to be previewing um, the final uh, and lowest level of the uh, affiliated ball for the Red Sox here. Um, Salem Red Sox, who used to be the high A affiliate, is now the low A affiliate. Um, Salem is in Shelley's extended backyard i guess we'll we'll, we'll call it that I, I mean how long how long of a ride is it for you shelly to get down to salem um it's usually about two two and a half hours it depends on if i'm biting by the speed limit or not um but uh yeah i've been there a few times it's a really really good place they really um, um they have a really good facility there uh, they do a lot of um you know really good you know minor league ballpark games and stuff um it's a really good place yeah, that's good. It, it always surprises you um, if you are not familiar with Virginia, just how big it is and how much time you can spend driving from end to end of Virginia. I, I feel like I've actually spent nine hours in the car just in Virginia. Yeah, 100%. Um, I used to travel for work and just going from Richmond just to like the, the tippy tip point of Virginia, it, it took, you know, nine hours and it was the worst drive ever. <laughs> yeah, after a while, it's just all green cow fields and all sorts of stuff. So, um, 
Cool. So this is going to be a good level. Um, but before we get to previewing the lineup and, and the pitchers and everything like that, I want to start off by talking about an article that Jen McCaffrey wrote at The Athletic about the Red Sox working on doing something a little bit different with their catchers. Uh, so Shelly, what is going on with the Red Sox and their catcher development? And I'm assuming this is a little bit of a Veritech influence here, but but what is going on and why should we pay attention to it? Yeah, um, so a lot of the catchers um, over the summer last year and then coming into the spring this year are going more to a um, one-knee catcher stance. Um, and there's a lot of like really, really good uh, factor, you know, really, really good uh, things that come about that. You know, one, they're not sitting in a crouch, which is really, you know, just really kills your knees, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they move down to just one knee, it really helps framing. Like, for, you know, just, just based on just not being on your knees, you can have, you have a, a bigger base. So you can just really focus on just like framing pitches. Um, so it seems like a lot of catchers uh, um, throughout the Red Sox system have been going to this. Um, the one guy who hasn't, and that's, you know, Christian Vasquez, and, you know, the team was just like, yeah, we're just going to let, you know, we're going to let Vasquez just do his thing, which makes <laughs> sense because he's, you know, just an amazing catcher. But, yeah, it, it's really interesting to see just how the, the catchers are just focusing more on um, pitch framing and stuff like that. I found it really fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never played catcher. I don't know if either of you guys have ever spent any time at catcher, but I assume that the downside to doing something like this is just that uh, it would make it harder to react to pass balls. Yeah. Is that really all we're looking at there in that regard? And there's one other thing um, that I've heard um, that it makes – um, throwing out batters just a tad bit more difficult because you're in mm. a different position. Right. You can't, you know, pop up and throw it down there, uh, you know, throw it down the second or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if it saves, you know, catcher's knees and you maybe get some good framing, I'm okay with that. I would think it'd be uh, that I've seen it more when there is not anyone on base, and it seems like now it might be a hybrid of something that would be used when there's runners on base as well. Um, it's funny, the first name that came to mind was Tony Pena. I don't know if either of you remember watching him. And when I saw the headline, that's what I thought of. And uh, <laughs> Pena was mentioned in that article. Um, but it seems, you know, like Shelley said, Vasquez, he the, the framing, he was in the top three last year. So there's really no reason to try to introduce anything at that point in his career. But there was a mention that Ploiecki is um, looking into that and Connor Wong and they kind of, they're not forcing it on anyone, but um, some of the younger catching prospects, they're introducing that and letting them just have all the information and decide what to do with it. Yeah. I don't recall tech ever doing any of that. I I mean, I I don't know if either of you guys recall that, but I don't think he ever did anything on one leg. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah, I wonder what he thinks of all this, too, because of his increased rule with team, I assume. I mean, I know Tech was actually out there catching uh, a little bit this spring for the guys. So that's that's pretty funny. Dude, is he's a beast. He's still out there putting the equipment on. Love it. <laughs> it's great having <laughs> him around. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
All right. Well, that's an interesting thing to look for anyhow. Catcher is still one of the weaker positions in the Red Sox system, but definitely something that Bloom has been doing a good job of addressing and I think is is on the up and up. So let's get to the Salem lineup here. Um, there, there is quite a bit to be interested in. We'll go right down the lineup and uh, include the bench as well. At catcher, we have Jax Groshans. First base projects out to be Joe Davis. Again, this is all from SoxProspects.com. Uh, second base, Nick York. Third base, Nick Northcutt. Uh, shortstop, Brainer Bonacci. It's going to be exciting to see him stateside this year. Uh, left fielder, Dean Miller. Um, center fielder, Sedane Rafaela. Um, right fielder, Nick Decker. Shelly's guy. DH, Matthew Lugo. And then on the bench, we have Jonathan Diaz, Alan Marrero, Nick Sogard, Cole Brandon. Yep, he's still here. And Stephen Scott, who is... Another guy I forgot that I've seen, but he is a very powerful dude. Um, let's get right to the most exciting player. But I don't know. It's a, probably a tie between these next two guys for most exciting guy on this roster. But I think the one that I am personally most excited to see, Bob, is Nick York, uh, the new, very advanced bat uh, for the Red Sox. Drafted last year, 18 years old. Very interesting. What can we expect from him? What are you going to be looking for to see from him developmentally at this level? With with York, it's interesting because he, I mean, he's only 18 years old, and we've gotten a couple of looks at him already uh, between some at bats that were posted last year in the fall um, of him kind of facing some at the alternate side, I should say, actually before the fall, uh, where he was facing pitchers that were throwing, as he said, 10 miles an hour harder than he'd ever seen. And he was hanging in there. Uh, people, pitchers like Brian Mata, who was throwing 98. Uh, and then we saw him again for a week or two uh, in spring training. There was a video that was posted on a few accounts of him facing, I think it was A.J. Minter, one of the Braves relievers in camp. And, uh, you know, he was fighting off pitches, and he ended up working a single uh, to right center field. And it was just a great at-bat, and you looked at it, and you you see the, the, the tools that he has, kind of the potentially advanced hit tool, especially at 18 years old, which just is crazy to think about, um, you know, having that kind of confidence at that age. Um, so he's a second baseman, obviously uh, was the first round pick that uh, went a little earlier than expected, but it allowed them to have a little more flexibility later in the draft, um, you know, with signing Blaze Jordan for uh, you know, kind of an overslot where uh, York was the opposite in the first round. But I don't think that they felt uh, that they were picking him in specifically for that. Uh, they, they really like him. He's got a great makeup, um, but he just needs time to develop. And we'll probably say this for almost every player. We're talking about low A. There's just less and less certainty. People have certain tools that, you know, you, you know that these are what they're better at than other things. But there's just a lot of time that's going to be between now and potential, um, you know, seasons that players are in the big leagues and, and um, you know, more and more certainty of what they can and can't do. So, uh, you know, York will need time to get a little bit bigger, develop power, um, but his bat speed is good. He's got a short, compact swing and, you know, it's just kind of like has a little bit of power to the pull side as a right-handed hitter. Um, and can go the other way, more of a 
gap or singles hitter to the other side. So, you know, he's kind of late on everything, but he should be. He's 18 years old, and that's to be expected. So hopefully he'll develop some strength and power. And, um, you know, he doesn't have the arm to be a shortstop, but it sounds like his kind of instincts and and hands and um, his defense at second should be able to handle that position. So, you know, hopefully he'll turn 19 early this season. Hopefully is at each level for a year max, and maybe we see him, you know, three years from now in 2024 or somewhere around there. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. And one of the things that I'm going to be looking for this year, um, you know, at this level for him, especially with how advanced his bat has already kind of shown, Bob, is just, um, you know, to see how he handles um the type of pitching that we typically see at low A. You know, the, the command with these guys can be a little bit loosey-goosey. A um, lot of decent fastballs, pretty good change-ups, but secondaries are not always the best at this level, too. So I'm going to be looking to see him not really taking that many walks. I don't really want to see him being passive. I want to see him attack uh, as a hitter because I think that we want to see him come into his power a little bit. I know that he lost some weight over this past uh, off season. He lost like 25 pounds, actually, which seems like a positive thing for him because uh, he's a pretty strong, thick kid. Um, but we'd like to see him get to some of that power and, and maintain some of the aggression. I'm, I'm glad to hear, though, that it seems like he's over the yips that were kind of plaguing him uh, when he was drafted. So that that's good. Um, and, and I'll be looking to see what that second base defense looks like with the more athletic frame as well. So very, very interesting player. Um, Shelly, you have uh, the other very, very interesting bat here who's going to slide in at shortstop, Brenner Bernacci. Uh, he's a bit of a mystery um, because really we haven't seen too much from him, but what can people expect when they finally lay eyes on Bernacci? Um, honestly, I think that you're there. We're going to find like a really, really slick, um, uh, shortstop. Um, you know, his biggest calling card right now, um, is his plus arm. So he definitely is going to be able to stick at the position. Um, but, um, you know, back in 2019 down on the DSL, um, you know, he hit 279, 397. That's not too bad for someone who is like 17 years old and mm. is, is his first, you know, um, pro games. And I think if I remember correctly, I think uh, Baseball America had him as like one of like their all stars from the DSL, uh, you know, back in 2019. So I, I, I really think that he's a really, really, really good baseball player. Um, he did participate in fall instructs. Um, and he really did impress, um, you know, scouts and, and, and people who were able to, you know, get some eyes um, on him. He has, um, you know, good athleticism, decent, you know, bad speed, bad control. The, the biggest thing that I'm looking from him is how is that hit tool coming around? Because currently I, I, I think that he could be like an average hitter, but he still has some work to do again. He's only 18. And I'm not exactly sure um, how much power will be there. Again, like he he did like some really interesting things in the DSL, but I I need to see that power against uh, more um, experienced pitchers before I really buy in. But this guy, I I'm he's I think he's gonna um, he's gonna be a really really fun guy to watch. 
Yeah, I'm very interested to see him. I'm going to be most curious about how the bat looks because, like you said, Shelly, he's a slick defender, but, you know, how much of that is going to translate at the plate? Um, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting for sure. Um, let's move down to the outfield here. Um, Nick Decker, Shelly, he's been a guy who I know you've loved in the past. Um, I have personally seen him hit some insanely long home runs. Uh, when he gets a hold of one, he is just a strong kid. What's holding him back? You know, I, I think that's the big question with Decker. Like, what does he need to work on to improve his stock as a prospect? And and how can he take the leap to potentially be somebody that we can maybe talk about down the road as a major leaguer? Because I think that's still very much in question for him right now, what that future looks like. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Um, the biggest bugaboo when it comes with Nick Decker is basically um, lefties. Um, he has a humongous platoon splits. He just, you know, he struck out so much, um, probably about like 40, 45% of the time against lefties back in 2019. So that is basically his biggest bugaboo, um, is just the swing and miss. And even if he does correct that, there will probably just be just a lot of swing and miss in his game. But like you said, Jake, like his power is just, he could just, you know, just, you know, just yank it out there. Just goes like forever. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I, as much as I love Nick Decker, I, I, I'm hoping that it comes around, but I don't, I don't know. It, He's, it, it's been a while since he's been in like real games. And, you know, he, 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 he came from like cold weather state, uh, New Jersey. So he didn't get as many reps as someone from like Florida or California. So he's missing a lot of reps, right? Um, so I'm, I'm still hoping that, you know, the Nick Decker that I, that I loved back in 2019. I just love that power. I'm hoping that it comes around, but, um, what I'll be watching with Decker is basically, uh, again, the platoon splits and the swing and miss. Like, how bad is it? Like, I'm hoping that it's not too bad. Yeah, 29.9% at uh, Lowell was tough for a strikeout rate. But, I mean, 10 doubles, 5 triples, 6 home runs in 53 games. That'll play. Yeah. That's some serious, serious pop. And the WRCs were really good at both of those levels too. And I know that you got to take that with a grain of salt, but you know it's uh, it is really enticing to to think about how well he can hit righties. And that you know 
It could matter. Yeah. I don't know. And if he's just like a, you know, just a platoon righty who can just like smash, uh, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's at least very interesting. Yeah. So have to pay attention to him. Um, We better get to the next guy here. Matthew Lugo, who is slated to be the DH based off this, but I'm sure he will get a bunch of time in the field at both shortstop, second base, probably somewhere else around the infield. He's a really interesting guy, still just 19 years old. Um, What type of player do you think the Red Sox have in Matthew Lugo? He's another one I haven't had really a chance to see at all, but 6'1", 185, like kind of an athletic-looking kid. Bob, what's the deal with Lugo? Yeah, so with Lugo, um, you know, with Bonacci being a shortstop, and and that is probably Lugo's primary position as well. Like you said, we'll probably see both of them get some reps there this year. Um, But he can move around. He has uh, a great arm. He has great range. And and what you see on Lugo is just loud tools. There's a lot of potential. And like I said, who knows how many paths it could take. Hopefully he's able to utilize all that. But he has, you know, potentially average or better for all of the five tools um, and seems to have that utility infielder floor at the very least, um, whether he needs to move off to another position or play multiple. Uh, you know, I've even kind of seen people wonder if he could be long-term an outfield option if the infield positions are blocked. You know, think of what Jaron Duran did from second base becoming an outfielder, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, so he's early on in his development, he was a, a, a second round pick just like Decker, um, and this was a year later in uh, 2019. So he has, you know, just a little bit of everything with the tools, um, but he needs to build more strength. He needs to improve pitch recognition um, and kind of defensively needs his his fundamentals to improve. He's got uh, great athleticism, but just same thing. Needs a few years, just like like York and, and Bonacci and all the guys that we're talking about needs three, four years to, to work on those fundamentals, recognize, you know, off-speed pitches, stay in the zone. Um, but he's, yep, yeah, so he's early on his development, but I am excited to get a look at Lugo in a full season. He's played 30-something games so far in the Gulf Coast Rookie League in 2019. So he hit 257, but there's not a whole lot you can take off of 136 at-bats, and it's been two years now, so it'll be interesting to see what Lugo can do this year. Yeah, it will be. And as a second rounder, I think kind of a lot has been expected out of Lugo. Um, One of the things that is a little bit worrisome is this is a report from uh, fan tracks, but the fact that his bat speed is, is kind of an issue right now and hasn't been as explosive as they maybe expected it to be. That'll be something to watch for too, uh, as as we finally get to see a little bit more of him this season and see how that develops and if that takes a step forward at all and if he looks a little bit more athletic, that'll be you know something to to check out for sure. All right, let's move on to the pitching side of things. Um, the rotation uh, is going to be pretty interesting uh, at Salem. We have Aldo Ramirez, right-handed pitcher, uh, Jorge Rodriguez, lefty. Shane Drowen uh, and Jeremy Wu Yellen, both recent draftees, both left-handers. Uh, Jordan DiValerio is also a right-hander. And then we have a couple piggyback starters as well. Chi Jung Lu, Brock Bell, 
And in the bullpen, we have left-hander Brandon Salucci, uh, right-hander Felix Cepeda, uh, right-hander Dylan Speck. Uh, and then the rest of the bullpen is right-handed as well. Yoel uh, Vesquiedes, uh, Jose Espada, Zach Bryant, and Casey Sutherland. Let's start with the rotation here. Um, definitely a very, very interesting and very advanced guy, Bob, is Aldo Ramirez. Tell us about what Aldo Ramirez brings to the table right now and why should we be excited by the the package that is Aldo Ramirez? All right, so with Aldo Ramirez, uh, he's a guy that has always kind of been young uh, age-wise for his level. He pitched at the DSL at 17 years old, throwing 23 innings, giving up one earned run, um, which is pretty spectacular even at that level uh, at the age of 17, having a 0.39 ERA and a 0.57 whip. Um, and you'll notice that he's a strike thrower. He has three um, you know, solid pitches that that make him a potential starter down the line. Um, so that was the first year, and then the following year he was at Lowell in 2019 at 3.94 ERA, which, again, 18 years old, low A. He threw 62 innings, 13 starts, um, averaged more than a strikeout per inning, um, and kept the walks down, had just 16 walks in 62 innings. So, uh, you know, I've kind of, as time has passed, you know, I've been more into the command and control pitchers and Ramirez has that base and did both of those years. And then to add to that in 2020, he, uh, you know, at the different alternate sites and whatnot, added velocity um, to what was already kind of described as a high spin fastball that was effective even when he was throwing in the low nineties and he was clocked closer to 95 and 96 at one point. Um, and it's just a fastball with life is how it's described. So, you know, high spin can, if he can throw it up in the zone, he could be really effective. And then he has two potential off-speed pitches. He has a changeup that is his best secondary pitch um, that he throws 86 to 88 miles an hour um, that has kind of a, a splitter drop to it. And he seems to have a good feel for and was a lot better in 2020 with that pitch. It became clear that that was at least for now, his, his secondary pitch after he hadn't used it a whole lot uh, the season before that. And then he has a curveball that um, I guess he you know kind of throws in, in any count um, and, and has good feel for if he, he needs a strike. Um, he can, even if it's the third best pitch kind of rating-wise, he uh, you know feels pretty confident to, to throw strikes. So, you know, he hasn't turned 20 yet. For me, last week I was talking about how uh, Gilberto Jimenez is the – the hitter that I'm most excited to see in a, in a full season um, that uh, just to see the, what kind of advancements that have happened in the last two years that for guys that we didn't know as much about or haven't seen as much. And on the pitching side of things, that's Aldo Ramirez for me. The reports were just, he shot up probably faster than just about anybody um, between 2019 gameplay and, and, and um, spring training here. Yeah, he's super exciting, man. And the changeup is just such a nasty pitch for him. I haven't seen that changeup a few times. It's just, it's deadly. And like you said, man, the, the fact that he already has that built-in command profile uh, makes this somebody to get excited on. Uh, the Red Sox haven't done a great job of developing pitchers over the years, but, you know, a guy with this many weapons and that type of feel at this age, it seems like this is as good a shot as anybody uh, to stick as a starter. So... Yeah, I, I totally second the excitement there with Aldo Ramirez. I'm going to be looking for him 
big time uh, this year. All right, uh, Shelly, let's talk about some lefties here. Uh, Jorge Rodriguez, tell me what to expect from him. He's a name that I'm actually not very familiar with. Yeah, he's he's a really interesting interesting guy. Um, he was signed uh, out of Mexico back in 2017. Um, and he, while he's on the the smaller side, he's like 5'11". He had, you know, he's just basically a soft tossing command um, control guy. Um, he he has performed really really well um, in 2019. You know, in the GCL. At the age of 18, he had a 1.91 ERA with a .94 whip, um, and you know he made it up to Lowell that year as well. But when he was in the GCL, like that, that, he was just like just blowing past, you know, blowing past guys. Like he was just basically just way advanced, and he was like two years younger than like the typical um, age there at the GCL. So he's he's a really interesting guy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's like a like a frontline starter. Definitely not. But I mean, with that, um, you know, with that, you know, uh, command and control, and it seems, at least in the lower levels, that he knows how to work pitches, uh, use his pitches, even though his fastball is only like in the high eighties, low nineties. He knows where to put those pitches, and that's just really, really, you know, really, really enticing. He's got a really, really good curveball. I, like I said, I don't know if how how far he can go, you know, because just because again he doesn't throw very hard and he's kind of small. But I just love guys who just know, you know, know where to put the ball. Like they just have the command. Um, so that's what I'm watching. See how far he can kind of go um, with not lights out velocity. All right. Well, you have set me up very well uh, to talk about these next two lefties because they seem to be the exact opposite of Jorge Rodriguez. Uh, <laughs> Shane Drowen and Jeremy Wu Yellen, who the Red Sox just drafted last year. I just want to hit on these guys very quickly, but um, they both do not know where the ball is going uh, all the time, uh, but they actually do have a, a pretty tremendous physical presence on the mound, especially Shane Drowen, who's somebody I'm excited about. He's a 6'3 lefty, 22 years old, uh, out of Florida State. Um, struck out a bunch of guys with Florida State, but also had some tremendously bad walk issues. Uh, in, in fact, in the full season in 2019, with Florida State, he walked 48 guys while striking out 71 um, in 51 and two-thirds innings. Uh, that's a lot of walks. So uh, the strikeout stuff through the roof, walks and hits, uh, still a little bit too frequent. But, you know, it's a really exciting combination of fastball, curveball, changeup. Somebody who I think I'm not really thinking that this is uh, going to be a long-term starter it, the command would have to really, really tick up. But I think that this is potentially somebody who could play out of the bullpen. Uh, Jeremy Wu Yellen, similarly physical guy, 6'2", 210, lefty, great fastball, upper 90s fastball, slider that I really like, uh, changeup, which apparently reports say it can be effective against righties. Uh, I don't know too, too much about him. I mean, he, he played for Hawaii, so it's not like... Uh, I'm staying up for that time zone, and I don't think any Hawaii baseball was ever televised. But, you know, um, interesting players nonetheless in lefties. You can never have enough lefties, right? 
Exactly. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So from lefties, let's go to a guy who I think could be as big a mystery uh, as anyone that we've talked about tonight. Right-hander Chi Jung Lu. Bob, he's projected to sort of be a piggyback guy. Uh, what is Chi Jung Lu? I mean, this guy we don't know anything about, really. What do we know at this point? Yeah, so Chi Jung Lu came over uh, in 2019 as a J2 selection uh, from Taiwan, and they actually gave him a um, $750,000 bonus as part of that class. Uh, and you read some of the reports from then, and he was throwing in the mid to sometimes high 90s, um, you know, abroad before coming over. And, you know, the Fangraphs report says that he was clocked at 98 to 101 at times. I don't know what kind of radar guns those were, but that was the report <laughs> because when he came over to Instructs, he was throwing in the low 90s last year, which was a totally different pitcher. Now, I think we all know that especially if you were living in the United States for the first time last year might have been a little strange to try to adjust and play baseball as a teenager. Um, so this is obviously going to be important to see how hard he's throwing because the fastball has been a really good pitch in the past uh, for the, the reports. I haven't, just like Hawaii, I haven't seen a whole lot of Taiwan baseball, but that's what uh, you know. we've heard. Fastball as well as a slider and a splitter that have uh, flashed as plus pitches too. So it's hard to know. It, there's been inconsistency here. Obviously didn't look great the first time around, probably not what they expected when they gave him that bonus, but I think you kind of throw that year out for a lot of people. First time here in a shortened season with that amount of time off. Um, so it'll be just interesting to see uh, when he starts pitching at low A this year, uh, what Chi Young Lu has to offer. I'm surprised you don't have your uh, your Taiwan fantasy baseball league uh, stats. <laughs> You're going yet, Bob? It's uh, I know. It's, it's quite a shock to me. I thought you'd be all over that. The KBO got some hype last year, but I didn't quite get to the, the Taiwan league. So <laughs> that's the next frontier. I'll do my best I guess. going forward. Yeah, okay. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's we're gonna start. We're gonna have an NPB league. We're gonna have a KBO league, and next we're gonna have a Taiwan league. And if we're lucky. We'll get an Australian Winter Ball League as well. So right. we'll, we'll see what we can do. Perfect. Um, we do know quite a bit more about this next guy, though, Shelly. And, and he projects to be one of the better guys in this bullpen. Brendan Salucci, somebody who could find himself moving pretty quickly, potentially uh, not spending a whole ton of time in Salem before he makes his way to Greenville. What do we know about Salucci at this point, And what kind of pitcher is he right now? Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to see um, how fast he actually does move. Um, he's, you know, he's 22 years old. He's a left-handed uh, reliever. Um, he has a, he's a fastball slider guy. Uh, you know, his fastball, uh, it, you know, is, you know, sits around like the, the, the mid nineties. He's got a really, really good uh, slider um, that has a really, really high spin rate. Um, the only thing is he struggles with command. He struggled with command when he was at Tulane. He struggled with command when he was at Lowell. So that is basically what we're going to watch here. Um, can Slucci hit the broad side of a barn? Um, I, I really think he can. Um, I, and I, if he can, he will move very, very quickly because that fastball slider combination could be lethal out of the bullpen. You just, we just, Hoping and praying for the command. I wonder if he overlapped at Tulane with uh, Cody Hosey. 
Does he, do you know when he was drafted, Salucci? Um, I don't know. I'm guessing 2019 because that was his first year. 2019. Um, at okay. So he, maybe he yep, did for a year. Twelfth round in 19. Okay. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they did overlap there. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, good. Good. Good city to play baseball in. Sure. So, yeah. That's interesting. All right. Well, that's the level. Um, this is probably more around the length of podcast you can expect from us going forward like this or a little bit shorter just to get you caught up on these levels. So uh, a little bit less to talk about tonight. No, uh, no rule train just dropped on our heads right before we were about to record. So <laughs> sure. We weren't too upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find all of us on Twitter. Again, reach out uh, if you have any questions or if there's anything we can answer uh, for you about prospects. We're happy to give it the old college try. You can find Bob at, at Bob Osgood 15 You can find Shelly at ShellyV underscore 643. You can find me at, at DevJake. We do appreciate you being with us today, making us part of your routine. And we'll be with you again next week. 